Hey, Stuffed and Busted listeners, I want to let you guys know that when we recorded this episode, Chris had the flu. He sounds less enthusiastic sometimes, but he is still really passionate about the food that we're talking about. I'm hoping by the time that you're listening to this, he's feeling better. Love you, Chris. Someone bring me pho. Stuffed and Busted. Welcome to the second episode of Stuffed and Busted, a podcast that takes an irreverent look at food in Shreveport and Bossier City, as well as the fascinating folks who grow, cook, and serve it. I'm Sarah Abair, And I'm Chris J. This episode is all about secrets, secret menu items, best kept secrets of the local food scene, and more. We're going to visit Marilyn's Place, Herbie K's, and Key Mexico just for starters. Also, I'll head out to Bossier Parish Community College to eat at the Bipsy Culinary Arts Buffet and speak with the chef who's in charge of that program, Chef Julie DuPont. We'll also have another installment of Ask a Dang Farmer. This week, we're pestering Evan McCommon of Mahaffey Farms, who, in addition to raising great pork products, eggs, and more, is also my man crush Monday. The first restaurant we're going to visit is also the presenting sponsor of this episode of Stuffed and Busted. Maryland's Place is an insanely popular Shreveport eatery that's housed in a former Texaco station at 4041 Fern Avenue, and it's run by crazy-ass chef Boz Balcom. Maryland's Place is probably best known for their Sunday brunch, which is served from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. each Sunday and includes a $15 all-you-can-drink option. They've got live music several nights a week, $2 Louisiana craft beer specials, and more. Like Boz himself, the restaurant that he's created is bawdy, unpredictable, and outrageous. If you stop in, please tell him thanks for supporting Stuffed and Busted. He believed in this program before anybody else did. Thanks, Boz. Thank you, Boz. We visited Maryland's place because we've heard that there are several dishes at Maryland's that aren't listed on the menu, but you can order them only if you're in the know. Here's our interview with chef and owner, Boz Bauka. Oh, and be advised that there's some naughtyish language in this interview. It really wouldn't be a decent interview with Boz if there weren't kind of a lot of naughty language. And we heard that you have a secret menu item. I do. I have two, actually. We have a dessert item. We used to call it the 420 for obvious reasons. <laughs> you remember when you were a kid and you used to make a suicide at the soda fountain? <laughs> well, that's like that's what the 420 was. It was just all three of my desserts and then like squirt chocolate all over the plate. And it was our beignets stuffed with peanut butter mousse smothered in bananas foster it was a little too much they had to reel it in a little so then we came out with the uh you know calorically frugal diabetic and the diabetic massive bananas foster ringed with beignets covered in powdered sugar it's not on the menu but it is a, a kind of a favorite for those in the know you can come ask for a wink wink diabetic why why make it a secret menu item well it's i wasn't committed to doing it all the time it's, you know i mean it's really not that big of a pain in the ass but it's it's slightly painful and so we're like well you know for dignitaries and vips and people in the know you know they want a little something extra than the standard issue off the menu item. This is like a, like if y'all were having an anniversary, bam, I give you a diabetic, you know, 
or if you're celebrating just, you know, getting out of jail, bam, there goes a the diabetic, you know, <laughs> the big things in life. So the, the diabetic is my secret big boy dessert. You know, it's, it, it's not for the junior varsity. You know, it's a big, it's a big dessert. To me, the joy of a secret menu item is being in the club. Like, yeah, oh yeah. How many diabetics do you sell? Like, if you don't mind me asking, like, I mean, one or two a week. You know, I mean, maybe twelve or fifteen a month. I mean, if we tried to sell it, we could unload it. But it's kind of fun just waiting to see when one pops up. You know, like you said, half the fun's being in the club because the people that know. And it happened, I mean, it can happen all by itself. Somebody will order beignets, and then the, you know, the husband or the wife, or the, the other couple sitting at the table order a diabetic. Remember the old, hey, man, you got peanut butter on my chocolate. You know, the old Reese's peanut butter cup commercials. So, I mean, they, it's like sopping up dessert gravy, you know, <laughs> with this beignet. So, I mean, I'm sure that other people have done it on their own, but we just facilitate their diabetes. You know? <laughs> I think dessert gravy is now my favorite. New <laughs> yeah, we just coined a, a term. Yeah, right on. Oh yeah, bananas foster sauce is doesn't <laughs> suck on anything. You know, it's it's brown sugar, rum, and butter. It's pretty good. It's a, it's a dream team. There's some people that are in the know that ask for the junk. <laughs> Wait, this is a whole other level of secret. Oh yeah, this is a top secret. Sunday brunch only, top level VIP, you know, food item is called the junk. Are you gonna tell us what it is? I would love to tell you what it is. Can you keep a secret? Yes, to all 45 podcast listeners. (laughs) Me too, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) So the junk uh, started actually in the movie business when I was the chef for all the Hollywoodite. So it was a, a play on words because I would ask you got my junk in your mouth, but then <laughs> moving right along, it is, uh, it started out with tater tots, which make the finest hash browns in the world. They, they, really, oh, yeah. they, they do. There's I mean, nothing wrong with the tater tots. No, it's because not of at all the crispy, oh, egg, yeah. you know, it's because the surface it's area. basically yes. like little yeah. pellets fried and, fo- yeah, it's good stuff. We take some tater tots and fry them, you know, hard brown, nice, crunchy. And then we throw them in a saute pan with bacon and jalapenos and onions and butter, and then throw some ham in there. Yes. Throw some liquid eggs in there. Some sriracha. Always good for breakfast. Yes, exactly. And then just a touch of the sweet chili, the nuck chum, the sweet chili glaze. And then you just scramble that. So it's like fried rice. It's built the same way as fried rice, except it's tater tots. And then you slap that on a plate and cover it with a ton of pepper jack cheese and cheddar cheese, and you're off. It's a breakfast scramble. It's delicious. That's outrageous. Yeah, it's good. I need some of your junk. You should should put my junk in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So we have two secret menu items from Marilyn's place. This has been successful. Oh my God, I cannot wait to try both of these things. I feel like we've discovered a whole new culinary paradigm in Shreveport. (laughs) And remember, eating junk will get you diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just down the street from Maryland's place is Key Mexico, a restaurant that has shaken up the local dining scene since opening in September of 2015. They really have. In a town where chains like Nicky's, Posados, and El Chico have come to define what many people expect of quote-unquote Mexican food, Key Mexico is making food that is graceful, authentic, and uncompromising. Yep, and they've also got a secret menu item. Chris spoke with Key Mexico's co-founder Rodrigo Mondragon to learn more. So I'm here at Key Mexico with Rodrigo Mondragon, and he actually, they have a secret menu item that I heard about recently from Garrett Johnson. And I think he heard about it from Harvey at Great Raft. And I don't know where he got it from, but will you tell me about your secret menu item? Yeah, it's uh, just uh, another version of our Chiquiti Boom taco. We call it the wetback. (laughs) Only because the, the tortilla that we use for that taco we uh, drench it in the juice of the biste, uh, one of our signature uh, tacos. So once it's really, really wet, we put it on the top grill, on, on the grill on top, and we put a little bit of cheese, and we let it cook there until it gets crunchy, gooey, and the cheese starts bubbling. And then we just add the regular ingredients of the chiquiti boom, which is the steak, uh, the nopal, the avocado, and I personally like it with India the best. So uh, one time I was just hungry and bored at Great Raft and I just decided to do it and it came out really, really tasty. And then I gave it to Kevin. He used to work there at Great Raft. And then he told uh, Harvey and Harvey, you know, it's kind of the words spreading a little bit about it. I'm kind of, I hate to say this, okay? But like, it makes me nervous to say the word. Like, because it, I don't want to sound racist and I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Like, so how do, is it, I'm asking you, how do you feel about it? Is it okay for your, say, white customers or black customers to order this taco? In Mexico, we uh, we make a lot of fun of, uh, we take, I guess, jokes really easy. We don't take it deep. So, you know, wetback for, for me or for us, it probably is just a joke because it's just, uh, uh, you know, the way I, I interpret it, like when it's all wet, like, okay, wet back, Mexico, you know, sounds familiar, so I'm just gonna do it, you know? Okay. But in Mexico, we take it easy, and if I, I wouldn't tell you it's called wet back if it would be offensive. And I hope it's not offensive for other other of my, uh, you know, Mexican friends, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it's not. But the word, like, it's funny how word gets out about secret menu items, you know? It's like you tell one person, and pretty soon three or four people know, and then so on and so on. So um, next time, some if you're listening to Stuffed and Busted, the next time you come in, if you want to try something that's a secret, you can order your taco the wetback style. <laughs> yes, no, please order it. You're gonna like it a lot. It has it adds a lot of uh, more flavor to the taco. Thank you, Rodrigo. You're welcome. Busted, 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 Last but certainly not least, we're heading to Herbie K's, a classic roadside eatery that's been serving fried seafood, fresh Gulf oysters, and more since 1936. Herbie K's has a relatively small menu, including their famous shrimp buster, and most street porters have eaten there on a regular basis since childhood, so you couldn't be blamed for thinking that you know all there is to know about Herbie K's. But what I've always heard is that there are actually several secret menu items at Herbie K's, which are kept closely under wraps so that only friends of the restaurant and others who are in the know can order them. I visited Herbie K's co-owner David Doe and got him to go on the record about one of those secret menu items, the Joey Burger. Busted, 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 busted. Busted. 
busted. Stuffed and busted. It's called the Joey Burger. And it's named for a customer. Um, it was uh, Miss Chan's lawyer, Joey Hendricks, here in town. And uh, he would have her make a specific burger based on what he would have his mother make um, when he would come back from hunting. And so it was, it was basically um, pretty much everything we had in the kitchen, you know, everything we could put on there, the kitchen sink burger type thing. Um, he, the funny part about it is that he's had us make it, but, it, but depending on who's working, they're always different. They're not the same exact way every, every single time. So um, depending on who's back there, we'll kind of show you, I mean, give you what you're going to get. Um, the original, he told me, was a triple cheeseburger, triple bacon cheeseburger, with two pieces of shrimp, shrimp buster shrimp, jalapenos, grilled onion, lettuce, tomato, mustard, and tartar sauce instead of um, mayonnaise. But he's like, but uh, but after a while, that, that triple got to be a little too much, so we just started making it a double. <laughs> um, but when we make it now, if someone orders a Joey Burger now, they're basically going to get a double bacon cheeseburger with the shrimp buster shrimp on it and um, grilled onions, the jalapenos, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, pickle, everything on there. And, um, and that's kind of how, how we make it. And then there's the hangover version where we'll put a fried egg on it. How do you price something like that? I mean, it's like the it's like everything on the menu combined. Well, it's called a calculator, and uh, we just <laughs> we just add it all up, everything we put on there, and, and that's what it is. <laughs> How many Joey Burgers do you sell? Well, there's probably about five or six customers that that come in regularly, you know, few few times a year and get and get that Joey Burger. Um, it's really it's it's quite a lot of food, and so I'm always impressed if they ever can finish that whole thing because it's, it's, it's really outrageous. And that's why we're always taking pictures of it when they make them, because they're just, it's the biggest, craziest burger you've ever seen. How long has it been going now, David? Well, he's probably been coming here all his life, and he's probably in his uh, 50s, so um, probably 30, 40 years, I guess. Wow, there's, <laughs> there's been a secret menu item at Herbie Case for 30 or 40 years, <laughs> uh, right under my nose, and I didn't know about it. Well, I think Joey, he always wanted us to put it on the menu, and we can't really, really do that, but, but he'll tell his buddies about it. And usually that's who it is, is people that know him or saw one go out one day. And then they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, well, here you go. <laughs> well, thank you for telling us about the Joey Burger, David. I, and you are slammed here tonight. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to it. I love seeing Herbie Cave this busy. Me too. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Stuff that must be Before we continue, we've got to stop to say a quick word of thanks to episode sponsor Sweet Tea Shreveport. These folks create some of the most popular t-shirts in town. I bet you've seen their shirt design featuring the outline of the state of Louisiana with the 318 area code as the top half of the state. I own that shirt. They are also the geniuses who are responsible for that Bossier City It's the Bomb shirt, which is hilarious. They've got shirts about the Duck Pond, Cross Lake, Betty Virginia Park, Holiday Lanes, and they're all printed on very comfy American apparel tees. If you're a food lover, you're going to want to check out this line of Louisiana socks that they carry as well, which feature iconic Louisiana foods like oysters on the half shell and New Orleans snowballs. Those snowball socks, by the way, are beautiful. And if anyone wanted to buy them for the uh, 
the producers of Stuffed and Busted <laughs> as a treat. Uh, we would certainly accept a pair. Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and to order Sweet Tea Shreveport products online or to find out where you can purchase their designs at local retailers, visit their website at sweetteashreveport.com. That's sweet, T-E-E, shreveport.com. Also, consider liking them on Facebook, where it would be really, really cool if you shot them a message or a comment and said thanks for supporting Grassroots Media by advertising on Stuffed and Busted. Thank you, Sweet Tea Shreveport, for thanks. believing thanks. and supporting. Thanks. Let's take a quick break from hanging out in restaurants and go hang out on a farm. Did you bring some boots, Sarah? Uh, yes, I have my white shrimp boots. <laughs> it's time for Ask a Dang Farmer, a monthly segment where we visit an area farm and ask a farmer what's on their mind. On a recent Saturday morning, we visited Mahaffey Farms just outside of Houghton. We caught up with farmer Evan McCommon, who was in the process of moving a herd of cattle onto a new patch of pasture. We asked Evan about bones. Specifically, we were curious if the national bone broth trend has affected Mahaffey Farms. As it turns out, it has. If you're not hip to the whole bone broth thing, there's a growing group of people who are drinking bone broth like most of us drink tea or coffee. Although I, if someone's drinking bone broth like I drink coffee, I'm going to be worried about you. Um, and bone broth enthusiasts say that drinking it has results ranging from a healthier stomach to a stronger digestive system. Here's what Evan had to say about this national trend. This whole bone broth movement, if you haven't noticed it, it's I've, I've heard, I haven't seen for sure, but in other cities, they actually have shops that are like a coffee shop, but it's bone broth. And it's a it's a thing. And I've, you know, of course, tried it. And we, we do our own chicken broth and stuff. And you, you do feel better. There's like a, your joints feel lubricated and you just don't feel stiff. You know, it's like a, it's rejuvenating. There's a, another local farm in town that's just, that's like their whole angle is bone broth that has uh, pops oh, up yeah, the, the farmer's um, market. Um, Bell, Bell Hembry. Mm -hmm. I, I always have trouble pronouncing it. It's Bell Hembry. And they're great. They actually buy um, most of our, they buy all of our beef bones for that because we were getting, I probably get every day, someone said, do you have beef bones? We're wanting to make our own broth. And with our beef operation is pretty small at this point and we could not meet the demand at all. And it was actually, I know it sounds weird, but it's like it's rather than sell a little bit to a few people and then have to deal with all the disappointment, we just send them to Bell Hembry. We say, they're taking our bones and making broth, go go there. And it's, I think it's cool because it's another local business that is exists because of other local business. So it's, it's a stacking, community stacking. And I like it for that reason. And it was, it just, it was really convenient for us. We took our beef bones off of our uh, website so that, you know, instead of having it there with sold out on it, we just took it off. So we don't even have it. And it, it made my life easier. And the storage of it's very difficult. Um, you know, we got bones take up a lot of space in the walk-in freezer. And you've got stacks of bones and waiting on the customers to get them. And, well, they don't. They only want to buy five pounds. And you've got a 30-pound box. And it's like, you know, it's just not, it's, it's not practical on our scale at this point. So, um, you know. We'll hear more from that conversation with Evan in future editions of Ask a Dang Farmer. If you've got a question that you'd like us to ask a local farmer, message Stuffed and Busted on Facebook and let's see if we can get that question answered. One thing we want to do with Stuffed and Busted is provide a space for local farmers and their customers to get to know one another. Sort of like FarmersOnly.com, except totally and completely different in every conceivable way. Because there's not just farmers and it's not romantic. You don't have to be lonely. <laughs> 
You're a little delirious. Uh, yeah, that might be the NyQuil. <laughs> Sarah, you did a little bit of amateur detective work for this episode, didn't you? Amateur? I would say I did professional detective work because I had always heard about this sort of secret restaurant operated by the culinary arts students at Bossier Parish Community College. Most folks who know about it just call it the Culinary Arts Buffet. It's one of those local food experiences that food lovers in Shreveport and Bossier City seem to like have heard about, but most folks have never made the effort to actually drive out to Bipsy and find where this thing happens and attend, you know? Do, you drove out there you did it how does it work man i will say a lot of people were there when i was there so i'm this may not actually be a secret but during the school year the culinary arts students at bipsy prepare a buffet on most tuesday nights it starts at 5 p.m and it runs until about 6 30 and it's only seven dollars uh, you can find out what they'll be serving by checking out the menu. You can just Google Bipsy Culinary Arts Buffet. The Bipsy Culinary Arts Program is no joke. They've turned out some of the most accomplished chefs in the local food scene. I'm thinking about folks like Chef Tootie Morrison at Abby Singer's Bistro. There's a lot of talent out there at Bipsy. Yeah, there is. And during my visit, I spoke with some of the regular patrons of the buffet. And then I also grabbed a quick interview with Chef Julie DuPont. She's the head of the Culinary Arts Program at Bipsy. And this is how it went. The, the idea of going to a buffet and eating beef bourguignon is really foreign to me. I mean, that seems like a lot of work. Um, how do you guys decide what's going to go on the buffet? Well, every, uh, every summer I sit down and I go through our curriculum and we try and kind of mirror what they're learning in the lab. France is, of course, a very important place to be and learn cooking. It's, it's our forefathers cooking, so, and beef bourguignon. For you, being European trained, you must really have a passion for that section that's about those cuisines. Is there, are there things that are harder to teach? Are there things that, that the students are more eager to learn? I think the only thing I've ran into is some, some students are scared to eat certain things because they're, they, they, they're not ready to make that leap yet. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty persuasive. <laughs> what are some of those things? I'm curious. Um, well, you would be surprised. Um, just cabbage things green uh, things like that you know and well I don't like cabbage and my mom made it like this well why don't let's try it like this have you tried it there's three different techniques on how to cook it and then they're chef I actually like cabbage I like spinach I like yes it's easy you know as long as you try it and you know so there's 18 different ways to cook one food object so let's find which one that you prefer that's amazing that you're opening their eyes to foods that maybe they wouldn't have liked otherwise. And the cabbage tonight was really good. I Cabbage is one of my favorite yeah. foods, so I was very excited to see it on the menu tonight. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit more about the students. How many are in the program currently and kind of work with the buffet program? Yeah, so we have 35 students. It's a nine-month program right now. And cross my fingers, um, I've written associates programs, so... We're looking at expanding it, so it'll be a two-year associates program, and we'll have many more students starting in the spring and the fall. So we have a lot of big plans for this college, and a buffet is just a huge part of it because 
It gives them real experience. You know, our last episode of the podcast was all about buffets, and I learned so much about them. There's so much about economics and the way people eat, and, you know, it must be a really great learning lesson for the students to understand how buffets work. Yeah, it's huge for them, you know. And one thing we're opening up this year, it's not just going to be buffets. So we do a buffet in the fall, but in the spring we're actually going to open our own restaurant, and it's going to be the first of its kind. So you'll actually be able to come in and the students will serve, they'll cook, they'll from start to finish and they'll rotate to each station so they'll have real experience reading tickets and things like that. So I want them to be able to walk out of this program and feel comfortable in any kitchen that they're in and comfortable in any situation. I was really impressed in doing some research today that you guys have a 95% employment rate of graduates of the program. It it is, yeah. And actually we have, we just checked it um, in the year, we have a 76% retention of the employment, which is huge. That, that is means well. not only do our students, they get jobs, they retain them. Okay, so there, there are a couple of questions that I have to ask. The theme of this episode is secrets. So one of the things that we really feel about the buffet is it's a, it's a hidden gem. I mean, this is $7. I had beef bourguignon, French onion soup. I had chocolate mousse, uh, was it tort? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, really like a stellar meal for $7. I mean, the economy is pretty expensive. Is that because it's an educational training experience for the students? It is. We wanted to keep it affordable. Um, So I try and keep it in the middle, you know, and especially with our problems in the state so far with education, you know, um, it may or may not change. But right now it's $7 and I want to keep it that way. And it includes everything, soup, salad, you know, a full dinner, the buffet doesn't open until, you know, of course, 5 o'clock. We'll have people here at 3.45, 4 o'clock. You know, and on our Thanksgiving and Christmas buffets, they're here at 2. No way. Yeah, they will sit here for hours. You know, sometimes they'll just play cards and, oh, they're, they're very committed, you know. Um, but they love it. They love supporting the students. They love the food. They love what we're trying to do here. And we have a lot of support. I was shocked. I got here like a couple minutes after five because I got lost on campus. And the line was all the way down the staircase. And I was like, I'm not going to get to eat. <laughs> yeah, no, we, you know what? That's one thing we do. We make sure we have a lot of food. So last year, um, our covers used to be about 150. Now they're up to 300. One of our biggest nights, we had 900 customers. That is amazing. We had customers in every campus area you know so um yeah we prepare <laughs> and does that include the to-go because you can come and get a, a to-go order and walk out it does yeah it includes to-go that's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. so 35 students cooking for that many people i mean it must just the kitchen must just feel alive it it's very intense and, it, and it's very methodical so anytime we program something like this it's kind of mm-hmm. like a machine you know what to do, when to do it. Everybody has their task. Everybody knows what to do. The idea of starting a restaurant with a group of students, it sounds like something you'd see in a reality show. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, sometimes I feel like I need a reality show. You know, you have 35 students, and they're all different, and they're all coming from different walks of life. And you've got some people in here who have been cooking for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they're like, well, I'll do it this way. It's like, well, if you want to do it the right way, do it this way. <laughs> is it? Do you ever feel like a Gordon Ramsay? Like, is there ever that level of like intensity in the kitchen? Well, thankfully for me, um, I flew it Norwegian. That's where I uh, okay. lived in Norway for 14 oh. years. So I'm fluent Norwegian. So if I start speaking Norwegian, screaming loudly in the kitchen, they're very apt to do what I say. <laughs> 
to know. Yeah. Nay, nay, nay. I just hearing that already like it made my skin crawl. Like I yeah. would have to immediately start crying or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So and there's no tears in the kitchen. I tell them. So, but I, I'm I'm a very nice chef. So I want to inspire you. I want to make you better. If I'm screaming at you, you're not going to learn anything. And there's enough pressure in the kitchen to build anybody and break anybody down. So my job is to make sure you endure under that pressure. As you may have noticed, this edition of Stuffed and Busted has something new for y'all advertisers. These folks make it possible for Chris and I to keep doing the show, and as an added bonus, we get to buy groceries, which is more important now than ever. Twisted Root Burger Company has locations in Shreveport and Bossier City, and it's kind of perfect that they're advertising in this episode because they've got a secret menu item. They've never, ever advertised or promoted this item in any way. Despite that fact, Twisted Root owner Grant Knuckles told us in an email that five or six people each week come into his restaurants and order something called the Fried Ride. The Fried Ride is basically a secret appetizer platter. It includes everything that they can fry at any given time at Twisted Root. Fried onion strings, fried green beans, fried pickles, french fries, and sweet potato chips, and more, all served with the restaurant's homemade chipotle sauce for dipping. It's $8.99, and even though it's never been printed on a menu, you can get it at the local Twisted Root Burger Company locations. If you're craving some deep-fried deliciousness, stop by Twisted Root and ask for the fried ride. Thank you, Twisted Root, for supporting independent media. If anyone out there listening would like to follow in their footsteps, advertising on the Stuffed and Busted podcast starts at just $100. To learn more, message us through our Facebook page or contact me, Chris J, at 318-272-1696. Stuffed and Busted. We've reached the point in the show where Chris and I discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the local food scene. We call this segment Stuff It or Bust It. If we rate something as stuffed, that means we can't get enough of it. It's like the sopapillas at Poncho's Mexican Buffet. Rest in peace. We are begging for more. We love it. We cannot (laughs) get enough. We are raising the flag. If we rate something as busted, that means we're over it, whether it's a food trend that's overstated its welcome or a specific dish or drink that misses the mark. We're done with things that we call busted. And for me, that's like the sopapillas at the Poncho's Mexican Buffet. Sorry, I'm not going to raise the flag on that one. <laughs> Sarah, what's your stuffed pick this time around? Okay, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of emotional eating. Yes. Um, so is... should we just say it? Sarah lost her job recently? I didn't lose my job. Well, you were laid off. <laughs> I was laid off. And so some emotional eating's been happening. Yes, I see. A lot of it. And you know, it's a really depressing to me because I was on this like killer diet and I had lost 10 pounds, right? But uh, the day I got laid off, my first thing when I did when I got home was I ordered a Johnny's pizza. Yeah, I went to the pizza. Uh, I went to the Johnny's and, and got it. Damn it. I almost said pizza. <laughs> no, we were not talking about pizza. I, I went to the Johnny's and picked it up for you. Yes. And my my stuff this week is going to be Johnny's pizza, sweep the kitchen with jalapeno peppers and anchovies. And anchovies have to be on the pizza. And you hate anchovies. Well, look, those things are very strong. 
And ancho- anchovies <laughs> are one of those things. I don't know anybody that's like, I kind of like anchovies, right? Have you ever met anyone that's on the fence about anchovies? I guess not. I've only met people who are really passionate about, yes, I love anchovies and people who are like, no, I hate them. You put one anchovy on a pizza. You can taste it no, in every no. slice. I, I don't swear. think that's true. We'll have to do this for the podcast. We'll, have we'll to put make up a, a survey. Yeah. We'll okay. put up a survey okay. on the Stuffed and Busted Facebook page. <laughs> I just feel like you put one anchovy on a pizza, the whole pizza's like contaminated with anchoviness. Well, in the in the times where I've been really emotional, I need to <laughs> eat my feelings. Anchovies are always on the list. I like bread, cheese, anchovies. Like if you give me that, I'm happy. Like that's my ultimate happiness. Well, that's very Italian, you know. I mean, that's a Grazie. <laughs> I'm just saying that's an that's an a bread cheese anchovies. I mean, you're talking uh-huh. Southern Italy comfort food. Maybe one day we'll get to go there. Let's go. Yeah, I think you would love it. Okay, so Chris, yes. I know that you you've been really amped up about something. I well, mean, I mean, I'm amped up about a lot of things, but sorry, <laughs> our dog Wizzy. Yeah, okay, Wizzy is, is very excited about anchovies as well. Hitting me with his tail right now. Um, <laughs> for me, we're having like a really good time in Shreveport Bocher Food right now. Um, El Cabo Verde just opened Gabriel Belderis's restaurant, but I still am on a high from Ono's traditional Hawaiian cuisine, oh, yes. the Hawaiian food truck. And folks, <laughs> if you have not visited Ono's yet and it's it's out of this world it's the food truck that we deserve you know what I mean (laughs) like and that's not to knock any other food trucks but everything I've had at Ono's has been really really fantastic the food's been great the service has been wonderful if there's ever been like a long line or a wait the staff has been really friendly and jovial and made it feel like less time than it took you know it's just like they're doing it right The truck itself is super cool looking, but the food is just out of this world. Um, The owner, Sione Maumalanga, is Hawaiian, and he's creating all of these really beautiful, sophisticated Hawaiian dishes. My favorite thing, and you can get it right now, is uh, called Seimen. Mm, it's like it was, Hawaii- oh god i'm sorry my mouth's watering <laughs> it's like hawaii's answer to ramen noodles and it's phenomenal um it's just fantastic it's uh there's no other way to describe it it's one of the best soups i've ever had yeah and i got it off of a truck in shreveport <laughs> and which- now that the weather is cold i mean it's the perfect thing like if you're gonna stand outside and wait for a dish to come out of a food truck that's really like what i want to be eating the other thing that he occasionally has on that truck that i love which is masubi fried spam i mean that is my jam i love meat out of a can well you kind of describe it isn't it like sushi but made with fried spam yes exactly yeah but sometimes he just has like little slices of it and he'll serve it on rice and like that's all i need like so that would be like the nigiri version like, I, don't, I don't know enough like, about sushi to even tell you. <laughs> well, that's just fish. I like, I like how you're like, oh, sushi no, genius, Sarah. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know you love sushi, but I'm just saying like, so normally it looks like a like a sushi roll. It's like made with the, the uh, seaweed wrapper around some sushi style rice with spam and even a little fried egg in the middle. Yeah, and he's, he's served it that way. But I think the more common way I've gotten it from his truck is just like some slices of panko crusted fried spam. On top of rice with like a little yummy, sweet, zippy sauce on top. I don't even know what that sauce is. Yeah, I know what you mean. They can just pour it all over me when I get (laughs) buried. 
<laughs> you know, he told me that sauce. I, the thing about Ono's that I love so much is that everything is done the hard way, which God bless him. You know, like that sauce, that teriyaki sauce that you're talking about, he makes from scratch. He said mm. it takes four hours oh my God. on the stovetop and it takes careful attention. And he could just go buy that, like in some big industrial vat, and it would probably not be nearly as delicious, but it would, it would save be easier. Right. It yeah. would save him so much time. Um, but no, he's going to do it the hard way, make it from scratch and everything I've had at Ono's. I mean, they're definitely right now going to be probably at the top of my list of the best things I ate in 2016. So speaking of hard and difficult things, what is your busted right now? What is the thing that you're not into? Well, and I want to say this with a disclaimer, you know, I'm not like a quote unquote food critic, you know what I mean? But (laughs) you don't need sandwiches for a living. I I will say I'm over brunch for the most part. Um, I don't understand why brunch is so popular. It's like lots of lots of high fat, lots of um, bread, lots of eggs, lots of um, bacon, lots of alcohol. Like every time I go out to brunch in Shreveport, it it kills me for the day. Like I'm just dead for the rest of the day. And there are some restaurants that have made brunch their thing and do it amazingly well. Yeah. I'm thinking about Maryland's place, for example. Like, And they'll do anything you want, really. Like I've walked up and been like, guys, I just need a bowl of eggs. And their brunch to me is a content to me Maryland's place is the restaurant where Sunday morning is basically just a continuation of Saturday night like it's a party yes so I get that like I, I get brunch at Maryland's place but I've been to so many brunches in town lately that seem sort of like just generic like the maybe the restaurateur thought well we have to have brunch right because everybody else is doing it so what are your like generic go-to brunch things and they yeah. threw those on the menu and it just didn't it, it was like, why, why? Well, you know? and also the staff isn't excited to be there. Like to me, you're right about brunch. It is a continuation of Saturday night, right? And if you walk in and if the tone is kind of somber, like brunch is not fun, I'm not going to want to drink and you're not going to get a big tip, right? Because I'm not spending money. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, Anthony Bourdain writes about this and a bunch of other chef writers write about it, but the brunch shift is like the dreaded shift yeah. in the restaurant industry. It's where you go to die. And <laughs> And like, if it feels that way, when I walk into the restaurant, like everyone there is hungover and angry, then it's sorry, just don't do it at all. So my busted for this, this episode is just brunch. Like I don't, if you can't do it right, maybe don't do it and just focus your efforts elsewhere. But if you are one of those, say, I would say probably four to six restaurants that's doing brunch in a really fun, creative, you know, awesome way, keep doing your thing by all means. But definitely, there are some brunches in Shreveport that do not need to exist. (laughs) Is that mean? No, I don't think so. I mean, luckily, we do have a lot of places who do brunch right. But we, we, you know, not that we get to go to brunch very often. But when we do, you and I expect a superb experience. And I, I think we, we've had some, some bad brunch experiences recently. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to feel like a party. Yeah. So what's your busted for this this episode? This is so contrary to what my stuffed is, but it is carbohydrates. It is carbs. I have learned recently that my key to losing weight is eliminating as many carbs from my diet as possible. And as you know, Chris, man, I love bread. I love pasta. I mean, I, my stuff this week was Johnny's Pizza. That is just a, a loaf of carbs. And uh, 
Yeah, it's been hard for me, especially during the holidays. Like everything yes. on your plate is loaded up with carbs. It's got some breadcrumbs on top, something fried. Have you found, um, to me, there's like kind of a, a lack of people substituting healthier things for carbs in, in, yes. in our market. Especially on restaurant menus. Like, um, you know, so one of, I've been discovering a lot of substitutes. So we've been eating a lot of weird stuff around the house. But one thing that we've been doing a lot is zucchini noodles. I've got this great spiralizer. It's the OXO spiralizer. I think it was $7. And spaghetti, Amazon. using spaghetti squash for noodles. Yeah. And... All of this stuff is really easy. And actually, I find zucchini noodles easier to prepare than pasta. Like, and then, like, Pasta is really easy to prepare. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I would love to like go to one of our Italian restaurants here locally and be able to get zucchini noodles with their delicious sauce, you know, or prepared, you know, with a yummy butter sauce and some yummy meat on top. It's just it's hard to find that stuff. So it's really limited, like where we can go eat. Um, and I always feel like a jerk. For like being like, I can't eat carbs. Can oh. you make it this way? Well, you know, I mean, there are definitely some restaurants where you feel like <laughs> the redheaded stepchild for, and apologies to any redheaded stepchildren. It's, <laughs> it's really okay. Um, but there are definitely restaurants where you get the cold, sta- icy stare if you ask for a replacement or for an omission or something. But, yeah. but you know, I will say that what do you think would happen? I, one of the things that I've heard is coming in 2017 mm. is a vegan and vegetarian restaurant that's going to be actually kind of a, an expansion Bring it on. of a yeah. currently existing business in Bossier City that I'm really excited about. I think it'll be one of the big developments. Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what do you, how do you think they would be received? Do you think uh, you a know, vegan restaurant would work in Shreveport, Bossier? I really hope it can, but I'm not optimistic. I hate to even say that because I, I feel like I should just be a cheerleader. I want to eat there and i think about some of the other vegetarian restaurants we've had like ethereal they still had to have some meat entrees on the menu right and you know katie and john were part of the experience there so i hope that they're able to cultivate an audience for it i'll be there you know but um maybe that will maybe that will encourage other restaurants to try something different with their menus i feel like the change that needs to happen is for existing restaurants who are the standard of Shreveport's food scene need to look at their menus differently. Like what are some of the substitutions that they can make that still make the dishes that are the crown jewels of their restaurant delicious, but healthier. And I'm going to take an alternative view on this. I think (laughs) that when this restaurant opens, I think it's going to be unprepared for the amount of success it's going to experience. I, I think right now, we are seeing so many more people. So I run and I used to go out, I've been running for about three years and um, I have seen just, just through anecdotal observances, lots more people out running, lots more people doing yoga, lots more people making an effort to get fit. And I think that this restaurant, when it opens, this vegan and vegetarian place is going to be just it's just going to experience a tsunami of interest. I think I it's really going to be tr- so. tremendously successful. Well, we'll have to check back in after they open yeah. on the podcast. That sounds like a plan. And if, if anyone listening has like a, a, a healthy way to um, substitute or alter a, a local menu item that they really love, please let us know. You know, we we're we're super interested right now in eating in a way that is both true to Louisiana, but also won't kill us. <laughs> Which is really hard. I want to say something real quick. Is that okay? Yeah. 
One thing I wanted to ask Stuffed and Busted listeners to do, if you're interested in this topic, is Google the Runner's World podcast. Um, Their most recent episode is uh, called Losing 200 Pounds While Running. And it is about a young man from Thibodeau, Louisiana, who um, was basically killing himself by eating only boudin balls and uh, (laughs) deep fried turkeys and cracklins and gumbo and etouffee. And he's a dyed-in-the-wool Cajun and a really wonderful guy guy but he lost 200 pounds by changing his diet and he found a way to still be a true blue louisiana coon ass and also eat healthy and i just really encourage you if you're struggling right now like a lot of us are uh to to make it through the holidays without dying busted through your pants (laughs) um look up the runner's world podcast episode i believe is called losing 200 pounds while running and the young man's name is josh lejuni and he is fantastic it's actually i looked it up lejuni yeah it's uh it's not that's not cajun (laughs) we'll we'll link to the episode in the show notes of this show so please check it out I, i thought it was one of the best podcast episodes i've heard all year cool Why can't we deep fry that and make a sandwich out of it? So, yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Stuffed and Busted. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends on Facebook or wherever you guys are hanging out online these days. You can tell folks about it in good old-fashioned face-to-face conversation as well. You can even share it with your enemies and with those people that are somehow your friends on Facebook, but you don't have any idea who they actually are. How how did I add those people? I don't remember that. Share it with them too. Everyone eats. Okay, so uh, hopefully next time Chris will feel better. He won't have the flu. And uh, yeah, thanks, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks, y'all. Stop that Stuffed and busted.